Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of MMA Uncaged, proudly brought to you by Ginger Fox Coffee, guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. Now we're back after a short hiatus uh, with lots to talk about, and there's been some great EFC action. The Extreme Fighting Championship was back in full swing here in South Africa, and of course we had plenty UFC events. Joining me as always, we've got MMA royalty. He is, of course, a former EFC middleweight champion. And um, one of the pioneers of the sport in South Africa, Gareth Soldier Boy McLennan. And Justin Ferrier is, of course, shall we say, he is one of the most respected judges on the continent, if not in the world. And he is an MMA encyclopedia, larger than life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my two co-hosts as usual. Gareth, let's start with you. EFC 86 at the EFC High Performance Institute. You were on the call. Uh, commentary, um, Iggy Cabeza against uh, Ronaldo Exxon didn't go Iggy's way, did it? It unfortunately went the other way to the Brazilian. It was quite a surprise. Uh, you're going to have to unmute yourself there, Gareth. Yeah, I was rather rather surprised um, at, at the outcome. I think I was a little bit shocked because I'm a big fan of, of Iggy Cabeza. I think he was, he's a phenomenal athlete and uh, he's a guy that I've been saying for a long time should be in the UFC. But again, uh, he's a guy who hasn't fought in almost two years, uh, not a lot of competition for him, training, didn't have a great training camp, didn't have a large amount of sparring partners, didn't spar quite a lot, wrestled a lot. Um, I know they had problems with him keeping his weight on. Um, yeah, it just was a time, was it, time out too much for him and kind of stunned. Um, he was exceptionally confident at the, at the weigh-ins and I kind of had a chat with him afterwards and said to me, you had a lot to say, you now need to back that up. And um, yeah, just, uh, I mean, uh, you were next to me on at the commentary. I was shocked. I didn't, I didn't even have any words to, yeah. to come out of my mouth, but you fought a tough competitor, a guy that was, um, has uh, has a resume, has a good resume, comes out of a great gym. Um, you can see he's he's got that natural um, killer in him. He's he was comfortable in the ring, power in his hands, hit uh, eager with a monster overhand right that uh, that dropped him. Um, and then once he got on him, he he was just all over him. He he didn't give him opportunity to breathe or to recover. He transitioned through three or four different types of submissions uh, at a rate of, of knots. You could see he has really slick Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He was just interchanging all the time. And every time that he made a transition or he made a change in the submission that he was attacking, he just he made it deeper and tighter um, and more destructive that eventually Ego, he had to tap. He was, there was no way out for him. I, it was... It was a really, really remarkable uh, uh, finish. Um, you know, he didn't he, he didn't try and kind of um, force anything. As soon as he felt that something wasn't working, he transitioned in, into a, um, a different uh, an attack. 
Um, I think he went from he went from an anaconda to a dos to a guillotine. I think back to a dos, and then obviously finished off with the anaconda again. He had this really good chain of of, of submissions, and it, it was. I mean, that's it's just the black belt level of of grappling, and um, I think from the the big right hand that he had already taken, he was already playing catch up, and he didn't. Uh, he he just wasn't in the fight. Justin, your, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, it looked to me like um, you could uh, ring rust is a thing. It looked to me like Iga needed a round to feel himself out, and often he does that. He'll put the hurt on somebody. I mean, I've scored uh, one of his fights. It was, uh, was it Callum Murray? Was it? It was somebody that went to the the, the UFC. Um, he just hurt on him for it was fifty forty five. It was just a straight hiding. He uh, is quite slow to start normally. Uh, I don't know if the Brazilian studied him, um, but I think I'll come back to that. But I think nobody really was expecting the Brazilians of the boxing they did because even a stable companion had good hands yeah. against Lutando. Like, there was some good boxing. Um, it was really good to see. Iga, I think, was beaten, but not smoked. Like, it, uh, and when I say that he wasn't beaten up, so I, I, I do see a different outcome or a more even outcome if there was a rematch. There has to be. A I think right? the Brazilian be. guys battled with their weight. Hmm. Um, as from what I understand, where they're from is sea uh, level, so they would have definitely been battling with those with the Joburg with the Joburg winter air. Um, and I think he did exactly what he needed to do was finish early. And people was like, "Why did Ego shoot so?" so quickly and I was like well, because he got set down with a punch yeah and I was like oh and I was like he, he fought he did he did the right thing he did the only thing he had available was to because Exxon was on it so he did he shot for the double and Exxon um, locked it in and I, I, I get confused between Dawson and Anaconda and thanks Gareth for clarifying but it got uh, eager eager stuff um our little, our little promotion years ago, him and his brother Tex used to come and fight, used to come beat up everybody. So they are amazing. Like, he is not done. I don't believe he's done. Like, yeah. he's, his body's not done. Like, no. I don't know where he is in his mindset. Like, you'll, you'll speak to him. He, he does maybe need some mentorship and he does need, I know he jumps around. I know he's he's trying to run a business. I know that he's uh, trying to train. He's got a lot. He's got a child. He's got many things happening and, and again without the right support structure you're in for a hiding because you can't do it all alone like you need the right people around you, you must surround yourself with excellence he does have time yeah. though gareth i mean he's what 24 yeah. 25 years old is that right he's a youngster and, and he's i think i mean what he's lost this is only his second loss so it's not it's not like he's on this destructive path of losing and he can't find a way back. He's he is young. He's got an amazing opportunity in front of him. Just he just got caught. He got caught by a good punch. Like uh, uh, Jay said, he was slow out of the gates. I think he was slow in terms of the reaction time. You haven't been in there for a while. The environment is just different. Oh, I've got to get used to this again. I've got to get comfortable and get in there. Whereas if you he, he was he had this very calm demeanor and he was very confident in himself. And sometimes that's that. Um, can be a reverse 
uh, and have an adverse effect to to uh, to what you think it's going to. He, whereas you saw when um, Exxon walked out, he was charged up, he was thick, he was ready to fight, he was in the moment, and he was he was after it. Yeah, he, he he put one on the money. He obviously didn't knock him out. I mean, that's just a testament to the type of punch that Iga can take because it was a big right hand. Iga um, did what he knew uh, best, which I think most people would do in that case is shoot, uh, shoot. got caught in the shot on a, on a choke, which he did accept. Hey, look, I, I mean, I was cage-shot and I was watching this, this whole thing. <laughs> and they were... Yeah, how he didn't tap on the first choke, I don't know. He then went into another choke. It, it was it, the series of chokes that he went through just drained him. It just takes it takes out that, that can't breathe. That the, the blood you're not getting blood to the head. Then you're getting blood. Then you aren't. Then you aren't. Then you you in this panic station. You're fighting it. It's it, I mean it's difficult to stay composed. He did exceptionally well to stay composed and fight the uh, the different scenarios. But eventually, the that he was too behind on the scenario at the end, and he didn't have the defense. I mean, the way the guy finished him, he was half upside down, kind of in a twisted, almost crank uh, and a conda choke. So, which is that's exceptionally difficult uh, uh, to finish one and then two uh, to defend an anaconda choke when it's in deep and it's on tight. And a guy of that strength, I mean, you saw his back and what he's got. It's it's not an easy it's not an easy escape for any any fighter, even an elite level fighter. Do you think that had that uh, choke been locked in later in the fight, a uh, second, third round, fourth round sweat? Do you think you would have been able to finish that? Yeah, I think there's a lot that ties into that. I think there's uh, it was beginning of the fight. There wasn't a lot of sweat. The body's dry. You can get that in nice and tight. It's rigid. You can you can make it. You also remember the the pull and the engagement you have in your body and your back to make that squeeze is far more than what you're going to do two or three rounds in when you wrestled a little bit. Um, I also believe that I think two or three rounds in, if Eager was switched on, he wouldn't have made the mistakes. He went the wrong way on one of the chokes, and that that's what got him into trouble. And he tried to reverse it and come back. Yeah. And it was too late because Exxon was already ahead of him. And he was then trying to play catch up. And against the black belts, when you're trying to play catch up on a choke, you, you, there's yeah. only- What was it? There's a grappler, a famous grappler. He's got skew fingers, Kurt Osiander. And uh, <laughs> he's up. And if you get here, you're already fucked up. You'll have to beat them. <laughs> yeah, we'll have when to beat that one up. Sorry, there's no yeah. there's no defense. You done mistake where, earlier. Yeah. So where does this leave? Where does this leave um, Iga Cabeza now? Featherweight title's gone. Um, is it an opportunity, like Justin said, Gareth, to to rebuild a little bit, to find some focus, to to put some roots down, and you know, it could uh, she take a lot of pressure off him in terms of 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 expectation. He could now go, okay, cool. I don't have to fight. I'm not under pressure to fight because I'm the champion and defend my belt. I can rebuild. I can uh, develop myself in the right way. And his run now that he makes has got to be to get to the UFC. That, that's it. No other decision. He, but they're not, not going to take him off a loss, but they're not going to take him know, off. Look, he's going to have to come back and win some fights. I agree. But he, he, he mustn't fight to be the champion again. It mustn't be because, oh, I want to be the champion again, because that's not the end road. 
It's got to be, okay, my steps are, I need to get myself back in the winning column. I need to put myself in title contention. I need to win the title so that I can go to the UFC and say, I'm the champion, I'm ready. Yeah. So That's face just, one mouthful at a time. Don't go, yeah. I need to be, yeah. yeah. Do you then, think then, it's in your, I, I think he's worth, I think he's worth a, a, a rematch, I must tell you. I think it finished quick enough for there to be a rematch. What do you reckon? Listen, I think it's. I think it, uh, he's been the dominant force at that weight division for how long? So I think he deserves to be able yeah, to go. He's made. He's made. Agreed. He's passed everyone in the in, in the history books, apart from the one loss. He's like passing like they're looking for Park. Um, well, he's in the position. The to I've been the dominant force. I've, 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 I've performed every single time. I was out. I was rusty. I didn't have the cage time. I, did, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. Give me another crack. And I, I, with, I look, you, you can 100% back him if he makes the smart decisions and you back him again to fight that guy, he beats that guy. He finds yeah. a way to beat him. So, so let me ask you this, Gareth. With fighters, there's obviously, they want to fight in big promotions. And, and, and EFC Worldwide has established itself as the number one promotion on the continent. There's no doubt over 10 years now, they've been um, churning out quality events, quality fighters. But at once, one stage, I'm sure as a fighter, you walk into a gym and you're saying, EFC is not enough. I've got to go. And you can't be the guy that sort of floats around in the EFC sphere forever, especially when you have a ridiculous amount of talent. But at some point, does that get too much, too much pressure that seeking that next move? Um, so... I think you, you've got to have an understanding of what you want out of this journey. It's That's the most important thing. What am I doing this for? Am I am I fighting to be a fighter or am I being, am I fighting in EFC that every, I can tell everybody I'm an EFC fighter? Am I fighting in EFC because I love to fight? Am I fighting in EFC because I want to become a champion? Am I fighting in EFC because it's a route for me to get to the UFC? It's an opportunity for me to go to the next level, to the highest uh, platform in the world or uh, whether it's not EFC it's you it could be Bellator it could be um, uh, NFC whatever the case is there's got to be a, progress, a, a progression mentality I've got to be what I want out of this journey I think a lot of guys get caught up in the thing of oh yeah I'm in the EFC now yeah I'm in the EFC it's great fantastic you've done well to get there and you've done it takes people don't understand the courage that it takes to go through a camp and get into a cage and fight Whereas, uh, uh, um, you there now, you get there and you go, okay, cool, now I'm here, now what? I mean, you, you, you've got to have, and I think for me, and I, I'll say this as well, I think there's, it's largely a, was a big thing for me as well, the mentality around of like, I was so adamant. I mean, I used to remember having discussions with people and saying, I'm going to find a new seat. And people would laugh at me. And they'd be like, how are you going to do that? You know? And, or you can never fight there. You're not good enough. Or, you, you know what I mean? There was always some sort of kind of thingy. And I worked so hard to get there. I got there. I was like, okay, now what? Mm. And I had to go back and sit back and go. Um, when I had my first fight in the UFC, I was like, okay, cool. I'm in the UFC now. Oh, sweet. Hey, I'm going to fight this guy now. Like there was no, of, there was no clear plan. So I had to go back and sit down and say, right, what is my goal? I'm here now. I've made it. What do I need to do? What do I want to achieve out of this uh, this journey? Um, a guy like Ego, 
Ego is a very driven guy. He's got to have, but he's got to have something that he's working to. There must be a result to him. There must be an end goal. And I yeah. think he got to the stage where he was so, he was fighting, he was winning. He saw Danny Henry go to the UFC. He didn't go. Um, there's, other guys, there's other guys around him who went to the UFC. He never went. So he was just going, well, what am I doing this for? Why, why am I here? And then kind of retracted himself stepped away, had a family, working, job, maintaining, training, wrestling still, because it's in his blood, it's in his nature. He will never lose that. It's just who he is. He's a, he's, he's a combat competitor. Yeah. And that's what makes Iga so good. Um, and then he saw EFC was back and it was happening and it was great. Oh, I want it in. I'm going to train for the fights and train. But I think it's important to also have realistic, realistic goals here. And it's so funny, I had this conversation with... Uh, a good friend of mine and friendship goes back and he, he was anyway he was on uh, in South Africa he's been to Worlds a couple of times and uh, he was just like he's he's a, tw- a two time uh, local a regional SA champion um, he's been he's represented his country three times um, he's a good guy and he just said my goal is to have one fight in the UFC and I was like cool so it was so refreshing talking to somebody that wasn't. I just said, it's a little bit like crack cocaine. Like, I think when you get the win, I think you might find it more addictive than you think. But he said, I'll worry about that. But like, my goal right now is I'm, I'm, I've applied for my pro license. Uh, I'm going to, my goal is to fight by September in in the EFC. Like, this is, that's my goal. And that's, that's his end goal. Um, it may adjust, but right now that's what he wants, and that's yeah. and that's he said it's been it's been my dream since I started the amateur amateur thing is that I want a fight in the UFC. Doesn't mind if it's the undercard, the first fight. Yes. He wants a fight and that, he wants a win in the UFC. That's a huge credit yeah. to to the EFC, and I mean you know like we tend to take EFC for granted, I think, guys, because we're so involved and so close to the the organization in, in a way in in, in that. We're involved in the broadcast. We've had you've managed fighters. Uh, you've cornered Justin. You you judged Gareth's been a champion. So the one thing can I tell you the one thing about me is that the same thing I said over here when we were doing this. For me, I still see it like for me sitting talking to my friends on a podcast, and and we are friends. We know each other a long time. About the greatest sport in the world, I feel privileged. I still feel that privilege. When that music plays and I'm in that event, in that venue, whether it's judging or covering in his media, I still feel that privilege. So I, I, I don't forget. Like I, I know. Like I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got a very good memory in the in the time of because I still am grateful for when it was UFC four. Like I, I've got that that love and that feeling. So for me, it's. I don't forget what they've done. I know that mm. I know where fighting was. I, I know where where Gareth has fought. I know where Gareth has trained, where he's come from. And I've seen him at I've seen him at the lowest of lows and I've seen him at the highest of highs. Like uh I don't forget those things. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. But yes, it is. Sometimes it is we sit and take a look back and, and people should just remember what uh they've done for the sport and like it's funny, they measured them. They 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 pitched themselves against the UFC and measured themselves against the UFC. 
And it's weird that you can move your like it. <laughs> Me. And okay. everybody else in this country. No, definitely go. <laughs> um, and, and every other small regional show wants to be like EFC. Yeah. And I think uh, whatever the, whatever it is, it's just they've done something exceptional. Yeah. And I have very few things. I don't have any bad things to say about EFC. Sure. Look, I mean, so the, okay, Gareth. The, the, the thing that we've got to remember is that it built a, it's a platform that it was built in this country for everybody to, and not on this country and on this continent for people to fight on. Internationals came here, became champions and went to the UFC. The, the, the list of fighters that have fought in EFC and gone on to the UFC, you must be 10, 11, 12 people now that have fought in the UFC that were EFC fighters. It's an established organization that is a breeding ground for yourself to go to the biggest events yeah. in the world. That yeah. was never here. It was never on this. It was, it was never opportunity for anybody to do that. Mm. They 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 gave they gave an amazing platform for fighters. They've they've ridden the highs, they've ridden the lows, they've ridden the waves, they've crashed against the walls. They're still here. They're still putting on events. They're still putting on good fights. They're still uh, um, creating opportunity for athletes to compete. Yeah. And uh, people need to respect EFC um, as an opportunity for them to better themselves in their lives. And um, it's, it, you, you can't, there's no other organization in Africa where you can fight. Yeah. No, you of course. can't get on a plane and go to, to most of these fighting organizations around the world mm -hmm. because of COVID. So uh, look, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, MMA in, in South Africa has been through many, many dips and many ups and downs, and it's taken a lot of knocks, but it's still here. Yeah, it's still strong. Yeah. It's got an amazing foundation because the foundation was built by a great group of pioneers that developed something amazing uh, on this continent. Young athletes coming through need to now be excited about that. They needed to be excited about performing. They need to create the next level of athlete. Yeah. You've got a guy like, if I if I take into context myself and Trickers, I was at the I was in the I was at the front, I built myself up, was the youngster coming through. We met in, in the cage. Obviously, I won on that occasion. But look at what where he's gone from there. Yeah. Look how he elevated himself to the next level. He went on to be a champion at uh, in in the Polish um, SW. He's and, now and in the UFC. Now he's, he's on Conor McGregor's card. Don, you look at a guy like Don Madge. Don Madge, is, he's an EFC product. You look at uh, JP Base, EFC product. You look at uh, Marianne Fernon. She she, uh, she was an EFC uh, champion. BK in, in, at 1FC uh, came from the EFC. I mean... Danny Henry, um, there's another. There's an American that Jared Vanderhoff came here. Yeah, he's yeah. there. He had he's to come to Africa to go get work at home. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly I believe he's still got the EFC belts in the US. <laughs> bro, there's, bro the, the EFC loose belts. There's one the in, the, in the, the triangle with you. There's... There's, there's one in Zimbabwe. There's one in, Zimbabwe. <laughs> there's, there's one in the DRC or Angola. There's, in France. These are not coming. They're running. They're running low. They're not coming back. Uh, I think they can donate those. But let's talk about oh, EFC 87 around the corner, July 3rd. 
God willing, and and obviously uh, we are in the midst of a, a third wave here in South Africa, and we hope that the event does go go ahead. Um, but Conrad Siabi is out after an altercation with Ricky Michalis after 86, and as a result, Luke Michael will now fight Dino Bagatin. And Bagatin's come out and he said, well, it's, he's going to put this guy in his place. Uh, what do you guys make of this matchup, uh, Gareth? Um, so I actually had an interesting conversation with it because uh, Dino called me to ask me my opinion about the fight. And he said to me, you know, I got offered this fight. Should I take it? It's a catch weight, da 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 and I was like, you know, there's, there's two questions you need to ask yourself at the end of the day. One is, do you believe... Do you want to be at home from Zambia for a holiday? Is the one that is the first question. <laughs> <laughs> He's teaching... Well, so, do you believe say that again? Be, Sorry, say that again, Justin. I didn't, I didn't get what you said. Uh, I said, uh, do you want a free flight home from Zambia? Because that's where he's living and teaching at the moment. Um, and then there was no second question. Just hey, listen, <laughs> kudos to him. He's making an effort to develop the sports on the continent. And I mean, I can a, tell you for free that Dino Bagatin is not afraid of anything. Yeah. Not, I don't believe that he's afraid of anything. No, he'll fight. That's the thing is. He's Dino the lion, guys. He's the lion. Come he, on. He will come and he will fight this kid. And if, if the kid underestimates him, there's a good chance that he could pay the consequences. I you believe know, you hands than Michael, I think that Michael will swallow him on the ground. Yeah, true. I think so. I mean, I think there's a, there's a look, Dino can grapple. Dino can wrestle as well. He's not, um, he, he's, he's also, he's a very experienced guy who's spent a lot of time with Luke, with Luke Michaels. Eh? Mm. They train together. So, um, mm. he also knows what to expect. It's not a, it's not a case of, it's very different when you get in there and this guy gets on top of you and you're like, oh my gosh, how do I get this guy off me? But if you've had him on top of you on 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 many, many occasions, you start to start to understand the environment a lot better. And I don't think that he'll get consumed by Luke Michaels' weight and, and his grappling ability. Um who who has the better grappling game? Listen, do you know there's no he's no he's Michael's He's a he's a Attila. Attila's got some evil grappling. It's not it's not uh, it's not it's not normal BJJ. Ah, but listen, <laughs> Adina's got some evil evilness to him as well. You know, he's he's uh, his elbows are crazy. He's an old school. I can I think it's a great replacement. I think yeah. in the sh- in the short notice that they had the ability to put together the fight is fantastic. Dino's a gamer. He's going to come in there and he's going to go for it. And that's all you can ask of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he's also talking about retiring and it being his last event and his last fight. And, you know, he feels he he has one more uh, in, uh, one more in him, and he's you, you know, give like if if that's his if this is his last song song and he wants out and he wants to say goodbye on his way, give it to him. Yeah. He's, he's earned that right. I agree. He's been a service to MMA for. For a lot longer than most of these kids, Dino was fighting when I was fighting. He's a so, pioneer. I mean, he's, he's a pioneer. He's been around a long, long time. Yeah. So if this is his way of saying goodbye, guys, I'm out on a main event against a guy like Luke Michaels, um, give it to him because you know he's going to come and he's going to fight. 
He's not just going to lie. I think not to have him as a main event, I think would be a disservice. He he is a main event. If there was a crowd, which there wouldn't be, he'd have every Edenvale person there and he'd be be amping them up. Uh, He's very entertaining to watch. Uh, I think uh, this is such a cop-out. You know, it's one of those, if it stays on the feet, it's going to be, you know, if it goes to the ground, I reckon we'll go to Michael. I reckon we'll go to Michael. Michael's going to be bigger than him, bro. Yeah. He knows how huge guy. No. Do you- oh, look, but you must remember, he's also not cutting weight at all. Yeah, this is true. So he's uh, he's not going to be suffering. Luke Michael's battles to cut weight, no matter what weight division he's in. And also, Dino, Dino lives like his job in Zambia is to teach MMA. So he's he literally has a pair of gloves on all day every day. So. He's, so it's not like he's don't, don't think it's, it's, very, it's yeah. very different. Your 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 understanding of things becomes very different when you're teaching it as opposed to when you being taught it. Yeah. You yeah. should remember this is a guy who fought and his last fight he fought Anasid Kayeba and everybody thought he won the fight. So yeah. I mean, it's not like he's not capable. Yep, that's happening July third at the EFC High. Performance Institute in Johannesburg, South Africa. Gareth Soldier Boy McKellen will be Listen, on your commentary team for that one. You can look forward to that. If I want to, if I can say anything, I'd love to see him fight again. Just one more time, because uh, I, I, I've, I've been around Dino since EFC one, uh, since Fight Force days, since uh, Fight Club. He was doing his thing. Um, he's a great he's a great ambassador to the sport. He's he he's a good guy. Um and man, he just he loves to fight. He loves to scrap. He he was when we had the conversation, he he was just as excited about an opportunity to get in there one more time and do something that he loved. And you know, I think the best way that anybody can honor him is is to give him that opportunity. And then hey, who knows? Maybe the old man surprises everybody. <laughs> All right. How old is he? He's the same age as me. He's probably 38, 38-ish, yeah. 38, 38 around there. Yeah, not, not 40, 45, 40, 45. Right. Ah. Um, anyway, uh, gentlemen, that's happening, of course, uh, in terms of African MMA. Let's I just want to say, I want to say one. I, I want to jump in. I want to say one thing. There's another, there's another, there's another sleeper on this card. It's a guy called Caesar Nekati. He's, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, he's on the main card. I don't know if he's co main or whatever. So I think a guy called Billy Urstay is in his hands have improved actually. He's in Cartier. He's in the Cartier, bro. We've got to get, I'm going to coach you on his name. He's in the Cartier. Not in the Cartier. He's in the Cartier. Not in the Cartier. He's in the Cartier. He's in the Cartier. He is, he is, he is like, He's like a uh, what do you call them? Uh, it's called a freight train. No, he's a he's, he's like a steamroller. Like uh, just moves forward, plugs I mean, forward. He's like a zombie. I call him the zombie because you can't kill him. The only way you kill him is chop his head off. You can hit him as much as you want, and he just keeps coming. <laughs> Conrad Conrad Siabi was the, he fought Conrad Siabi and Con, I think Conrad knocked him out, but he fought a guy called Seek Boney in a fight. In KZN in Natal in a Sabai Casino, he won the fight. It was before I was around the referee, so the referee stood them up from a knockdown, like Caesar had won. And then Sikaboni, um, who was he won last fight of standing, 
he need him in the head and then knocked him out. Like, but generally, like that's the only two times in his life he's lost consciousness, other than like going to bed. Caesar is an absolute beast, and also like I revel is talking about this all the time. Wes said to me after fighting Caesar when he lost Caesar, he's like, "Bro, did you see my boxing clinic?" I'm like, "Brother, you need to wipe your face because there's blood everywhere. You lost that fight, my brother." Like, there's no question he's going to hate me. He's, he's fearless, Caesar. He's, he's fearless. He, he, really, he really is. He's also been at every single gym in the country. Yeah. And bar none. Like, uh, but he's at Seattina. And no, he doesn't exist on the road rubbish there. Yeah, he can, he can operate. Let me tell you something. He was, he actually went on like a three or four or five fight winning streak and he got into, he was in title contention. If I stand, if I stand to be corrected, but he's always had a he's had a weight cutting issue. Always a weight issue. Always. Yeah. But I yeah. remember he, he, he was on a pool, and he was at one of on a pool, and they had him on weight, and he disappeared the one night. <laughs> yeah. And he came back, and he was about ten kilos heavier. Yeah, he went he home. Remember, he went home. He went home. He went home. And they said, "Why? Why did you do? What have you done? He's, what have you eaten? No, I ate." I ate steak and I ate chips. And they were like, bro. He's like, no, no, no. But I boiled the steak. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It was actually when he fought for GBH the one time. And I was like, come on, bro. Yeah, like, you did. You've been following this regime and you, you, you were on weight. You were, everything was great. Uh, and then steak and chips. You went home. Boiled steak and chips. Looks like, bro, when he, lost, when he cuts weight, he looks like skeletal. Bro, his cheekbones are in. <laughs> but he's a beast, bro. Well, and he walks in and drops you off the top. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say anything. But when he gets in there, man, he's a scrapper. No. Yeah, I switch goes well. off. All right. Yeah. We've got to move on, gentlemen. Um, that will happen July 3rd, EFC 87. That's coming up. That's coming up. That's coming up. But before we get to that, we've got to touch on Israel Adesanya, Marvin Vittori, the rematch. There was not much of a match or a contest. Tell us how amazing he was, Tell us. Oh, I don't have to. He's still the world champion. Was Adesanya, (laughs) was it fair fair what Robert Whittaker said that Adesanya's performance was average? But why? Okay, so so take it in context. No, no, no. I read that. So let me put it this way. Give us a chance. Gareth, Gareth, let Justin say what he wants to say because it wasn't average as in not special, just not anything extra. (laughs) Go, Justin, please, before Gareth interrupts me. I can mute him. Yeah. I I can agree with it. Um, That's when complacency comes in, when you're doing just enough to win, like you, Anderson Silva got to that place where he was like, oh, case on point, Damien, when he fought Damien Meyer, like, come on, like, oh, rev, rev me up, rev me up. Um, Israel is, uh, is in a league of his own at the moment, um, but he, he was average in terms of, of, of performance in that, in that he only did enough. The problem with Robert winning a statement there is if you read into it, is that he, what he says is, oh, you just did enough. But if you peel that back, it means he's got so much more to do. Like, he can then turn the volume up. He's got so much more to go. So he cruised at a volume of seven out of ten. So he was cruising along, doing what he needed to do. He put the hurt on one all rounds, runs a fight. Retains, plays it safe, 
horrible word to say for the fighters. 45. But it, yeah, all rounds. I said all rounds. Did you not hear me? All rounds. How is that? How is that cruising? Oh, it's it's, it's exactly cruising because each round is a hello, hello, all right. For the middleweight title of the world, he shut him so badly. He shut him down so badly with basic tools. He shut him down so badly with basic tools. The guy had no answer. Even so it was a backhanded compliment. If you listen to me, it was a backhanded compliment for a moment. The wrestling changes. He he ran. He won without trying. Yeah. What, what Robert Whitaker is saying it was average, but what he's doing is actually a backhand compliment. It means that hang on, he did it at six. It's like there was a there was a, a, a thing the other night, um, a meme the other night that came out, like a little video that Don Jones and, da- and Daniel Cormier is like, yo, you bought me after uh, a, a weekend of cocaine. He's like, yo, and I beat you, and then and hookers, and he's like, yo, and I and I had your ass too. Like it's he did just what was enough. He did with his history. Which means there's so much more that he could do. I'm complimenting your guy. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, so I think I think if you look at it, I think that that statement and, and a lot of the fight takes away from Marvin Vittori. I think Marvin Vittori is a beast. He's uh, he's a savage. Uh, Israel Adesanya said afterwards that his boxing was way better than what he expected in there, and it negated him getting into a, a hand striking uh, fight. He then went to he went to something that a tool that he is excellent at. He used his legs to such an advantage that he could just smash away at this guy and just chip him down and break him down. He kept the range every time the guy came in the range. He smashed him. He then over started over committing on the shots in the wrestle in the wrestling exchange. He won the wrestling exchange. He got taken down, but he got straight back up. Mm. So. You that that confidence starts to get sucked out of you. Oh, I put this guy on his back. I was on top of him, and I couldn't. He couldn't do anything. He didn't have the ability to do anything. And then at the right stages, Adesanya used his ability. I mean, he swept the guy off the cage at one stage. He was the guy was in half half mount, or uh, I think he was in half guard, and he used the cage to uh, to to roll him and get into his own half guard and strike in a half guard. Got up, struck, struck. He threw a few punches in the in in uh, an open guard and then moved out from it. I think Israel Sunday is is very underrated. I think he he took. Yeah, I think I'm beginning. You, I'm, so far, I'm getting, he's getting belief out of me, Veggie, because I watched a, I watched the clip the other on Instagram of Andre Laval doing doing wall work, cage work with uh, with Israel, and Israel was back against the cage. And it was a and, and Andre Galvao was was hunting for a takedown, couldn't get it, yeah. and they were training. Like it's uh, you're making me a believer, bro. Well, he's making me a believer. Like I, I, I have all the respect, and I was just dissecting Robert Whitaker's what he's yeah. saying is that he was in cruise control. Is maybe yeah. He, yeah. he did it without trying. Yeah, I think imagine I think, how much more when he puts the accelerator down. I think his I think his stand up. I think his stand up uh, is. Uh, at such a level that he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to do more than what he's doing. He's so good at what he does that uh, I mean, you look at, at 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 Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva never Chris Waterman first fight. Anderson Silva he didn't knock he, he knocked Anderson Silva out, but 
he didn't knock Anderson Silva out because he threw this beautiful combination and he caught he caught the best the guy that had the best stand up in. But Anderson Silva was lazy. He was that chicken is. legging in front of him and putting his chin out and laughing and high and he was playing the fool and he got cracked. That's yeah. what happened. Did you um, watch the the Shabby's, uh, the the Anderson box weekend? Unbelievable. Are you watching this? I said, I absolutely cannot watch the greatest fight of all time embarrass himself boxing. I'm <laughs> disgusted that he's even going down this route. He doesn't need the money. The man is going to his legacy and then he goes and smashes him. Yeah. I took my words back. Anderson <laughs> Silva is still the greatest. Still. He, he, at 44 years old, he outboxed a boxer. 46. Yeah. 46, years 46. He outboxed him. So then let me, let me tell you, ask you this. Not a YouTube boxer. No, no, not a YouTube boxer like Tyron Woodley's fighting against Jake Paul, who knocked well, out. Well, apparently I think they want him to fight Logan Paul now. Afterwards, he says he wants to fight Logan Paul. Yes. Well, no. So Logan, one of the Paul brothers contacted him and said, oh, would you fight my brother on the undercard for uh, for the Woodley? Um, the uh, the Woodley. Um, Who's the silver? Anderson Silver? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, don't be surprised to if that a believer. <laughs> don't? Well, listen, uh, let me tell you something. Um, man, he's, he, he, his losses that he went through, the last three or four losses that he went through in MMA, he was just fighting because he liked to fight. There was no intention there. He didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have that savageness and that killing. Would he? Do what would he? Oh, uh, Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah, no, he was, he was, he was seeing out a contract. He was saving cards and getting tickets sold. He was he was doing and it was he was getting paid for fun. Yeah. 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 Gentlemen, we ran and the time. Strangely so. enough, the people like DC didn't hurt him. They didn't none of them try to hurt him, huh? Yeah. Like they beat him, but they none like, it was like this weird respect thing. Like they wouldn't also Oscar, I think I think then when he when he fought DC and when he um he was still dangerous. I think uh, when he started when, I think when he fought like Uriah Hall and that, I think he was a little bit over the MMA environment. I think it was it was a little bit just too fast for him. Yeah. Um whereas boxing now, man, yes. Think about think about this. The man is 46 years old. He snapped his leg in half. He came yeah. back and he fought MMA. And now he's making money boxing. And he's yeah. a nearly pensionable age. <laughs> and winning. And not against YouTubers. Really? Winning. Like he said, oh, well, I'll fight the Logan brothers. I said, no, no, no. It's okay, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gents, we are running out of time. So very quickly, we've got to wrap. Um, let's quickly just catch up on what happened at... Uh, the fight night in Vegas, uh, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, unanimous decision over Dan, 50K E-Gay. Korean zombie, is he is he a guy we can look at challenging for the featherweight title? Too big or? and strong, man. Too big and strong, and I think he's just got too much power, I think, against uh, Max Holloway's... Uh, if, Ma if Max Holloway, if the guy that fought, the last Max Holloway fought, the guy that came out and just put on that absolute clinic against Calvert Guitar, comes to there, no one will beat him. But I think Korean Zombie has the power to stop Max Holloway. Do you him. think he do you think he will be a champion or do you think he's a, just a journeyman? Who? Korean Zombie? 
I think he's got the potential to be a champion. Uh, I really do. I think if he's, he's proven that he's capable of a, t- a title shot against Max Holloway. If he gets an opportunity against Max Holloway, different fight, big guy, big strong guy, hits harder. But Max is also just a super sharp guy. I mean, he's been at the top of the game for so long. You know, uh, who knows? They're just keeping him, they're keeping him around for a main event fight to North Korea, bro. It'd be a classic, be explosive. Yeah, listen. <laughs> listen, good Steve fight. Great. Justin. <laughs> it's a great fight, I think. Uh, but Korea, I think the Korean Zombie's been there once or twice before and it's fallen short. So, you know. Um, he's like, that's what I said. I, I think he's a genuine, bro. He's been around a long time. Like, he's amazing. Like, the grappling he put on is amazing. Body triangles and like crazy he, he really is just I wonder if he's if he's good not great you know what I mean like, Danny Eng has been murking guys he's yeah. been walking in and smashing humans and he didn't do that against a Korean zombie Korean zombie just put a clinic on again yeah. against him uh, so if I look at the division Max Holloway Korean zombie there's not much underneath him that's at this moment capable it's for, for UFC, it's just the next fight. I mean, it's the only fight that makes sense going forward. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah. it's he's a cult hero. He's a cult hero. He's good for the sport, and every sport needs its characters, like the Korean zombie, even though his English leaves a lot Connor to be desired. Okay, very quickly, very quickly. More importantly... Kind of kills him. More importantly, Drickus is fighting on that court. I said that earlier. Uh, you guys didn't even hear me um, saying that. No, listen, I'm we've got time. We've got time another day to speak about that. So let's not use it all up here. Uh, Gareth's got an no, early so bedtime because he's going to wake up at left. three. <laughs> I think Connor wins. I also think Connor wins. I, I've got a feeling Connor's going to win. You know what? I, I think want. he's humble enough. I think they reined him in. Yeah. He's taken it seriously. And goodbye. That's what it looks like. I do think that he should pay his debt to that. I think he should pay it. He's paid it. He didn't. He not paid paid it. You know what he did? He went and donated 500k to an orphanage, a a very much a similar thing to what Dustin Poirier is doing in his hometown, but like the opposition. So he paid B instead of A to piss off. uh, Yeah, just to do that. but anyway, but it yeah, is I'm sure that he's honour it. We will dissect it uh, closer to the time, gentlemen. Thank you very much as always. It's been but, MMA engaged. I, I think he made it a kicking match the last time, and he's now going to get into a kickboxing match with Conor McGregor. And that's I don't think there's many people that can do that. To be Gareth, honest. Gareth, you're giving away all the good stuff before the next episode. Okay. That's all I said. You got it. He's going to be up with Gareth's available, so we're trying to get the most. Oh, listen! The man's been waking up at three forty-five every morning to, I don't know, to play Candy Crush or something like that. I'm not sure what it is, but dude, what are you doing at three forty-five in the morning? Soldier boys preparing. Ooh, we'll have to find out more on MMA and Cage. Thanks heard, once again. That's very early, Brad Winter. What Minus Summer it's bodies really are made in winter. 100%. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. It's been MMA Uncaged. Uh, big shout out to all the health workers uh, during this difficult time, putting their, their lives on the front line. Uh, we salute you. Thanks very much for all your hard work. Justin, Gareth, we'll uh, chat again soon. And um, yeah, 
And we'll see you at EFC 87, MMA Uncaged. We'll catch you again next time. Like and subscribe. And thanks for our subscribers on YouTube. Welcome to forever, man. Let's go. Myself, they call me J-O, and to the easy end Know that we undefeated, y'all are beneath them speeches Trying to air a grievance, but his lines are overhead Better check the air for clearance, call the tower This is our clear to heat the air apparent uh-huh. Really, I've never been better Legacy, this is forever